everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being, where I, your host, mum and effortless lifestyle coach, Rena Pearson, talk to transformational professionals, business owners and creatives about unplugging from the worries and stresses of life to light up with insight and joy. And today I'm really excited to be interviewing Jenny Harlan Khan. Jenny is a transformational coach working with high performers around the globe who are mission-based and are non-negotiable about living meaningful and adventurous lives, just like she is actually. Through her coaching, clients experience a different way of being, a sense of calm and inner peace becomes the more frequent state, enabling clients to access the innate wisdom that resides in all of us. Quantum leaps become a regular occurrence and life just becomes more enjoyable. Jenny can be found hanging out in the jungles and beaches of Bali, skiing in the French Alps, or chilling in Morocco, either with clients or her husband and two children, all three places that she is blessed to call home. On today's episode, we explore the secret source behind quantum leaps in life and business and how best to listen to the innate wisdom that lies deep within us all. Even when life and business looks like it's testing us. What I love about Jenny is her adventurous spirit and, and her unwavering faith in life and what it has to offer. So if you have been putting something off for a while and have been waiting for the right moment, this episode will give you the inspiration to get on and do it. So welcome everybody to another amazing episode of The Joy of Being so you can unplug and light up. And today I'm super excited to have Jenny Harlan Khan. Jenny is a transformational coach working with high performers around the globe who are mission-based and non-negotiable about living meaningful, adventurous lives. Through her coaching, clients experience a different way of being, a sense of calm and inner peace becomes the more frequent state, enabling clients to access their innate wisdom that resides in all of us. Quantum leaps become a regular occurrence and life just becomes more enjoyable. Jenny can be found hanging out in jungles and beaches of Bali, skiing in the French Alps or chilling in Morocco, either with clients or her husband and two children, all three places that she is blessed to call home. So I'm super excited. Jenny, I've, I've, I've kind of known about Jenny. We met brief, briefly at Awesomeness Fest, which for me was a massive... Yeah. Four days oh of God. complete perturbation. I spent all of my time in massive insecurity. It was really funny. <laughs> Just brought up so much stuff for me. And I know you, we sat, I don't know, I guess we, I kind of introduced myself, but I probably wasn't in a best space. However, I'm so excited to have you here because I'm super inspired by the way you live. And I think the listeners that will be on this, listening to this today will also be because yeah, just the way you live and how you experience life is just really cool. So I, I guess if we were going to give this a title, because we haven't really yet, have we? We haven't christened this. No. <laughs> uh, breaking or breakthrough from busyness. I don't know. Something along those lines. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think it even matters. No, matters. but I've got to call it something for iTunes sake. <laughs> anyway, well, well, something around those things. So Jenny, welcome. One of the things I absolutely love about you is this, how you live life. And so tell me a little bit about what took you to Bali and how it took you to Bali and also what took you to, to, to the mountains as well. Um, and then Morocco. I'm really curious about your story with this, actually. Well, okay. Well, firstly, thank you, Marina, for having me on. Um, it's so cool to sit in Bali and have this conversation. Just I know. To, I know. It's, it, I know we do this kind of thing all the time, but it still, you know, still surprises me. It's a miracle, so, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So what took me, gosh, my journey. I mean, I'd love to say it was some kind of really well thought out plan. <laughs> and I think, I think, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing about my story is that it's never a plan. It's really you know, Chamonix. So let's start with Chamonix. That, that really happened. Um, I was living in England with my kids who were, I guess they were seven and eight, I think at the time. Uh, beautiful. Loved it. Had an amazing place, amazing school, amazing community. It was kind of in the countryside in Sussex, everything idyllic and beautiful. And, you know, we traveled a lot and it was great. 
But I think I'd got to the point where I could just see what the next 10 years looked like. I could see, you know, the kids going through the school and I could see, I just knew what it would look like. And it was amazing. I knew there was more. And so I guess that was a thought that was, was percolating. And we took off and we went for a, a six-week camping trip around France and Italy for a summer holiday. And I, I remember we got to Annecy in France. I don't know if you know Annecy, but it's beautiful. It's a lake surrounded by mountains. Uh, and we, I just remember standing by the lake and there's just kind of this energy just went through me. And I just looked around and went, oh my God, I could live here. Because there were people swimming and boating and running and cycling and, you know, I'm pretty active and, and the mountains just to me are majestic. Now, I have to be super careful what I say in front of my husband because <laughs> he just said, oh, okay then. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we, we, we talked about it that night, crouched in our tents, sort of eating, I don't know, some cooked thing on the stove. and. Uh, I'm like, well, I guess if we were going to be in the mountains, we should really be in the mountains because we love skiing, so we don't want to stand in lifts. So he said, well, why don't we go up to Chamonix tomorrow? So we did. Drove up there. We got a cable car up, and I looked down and just said, okay, let's do it. And that was it, really. We went, we went home, and the kids at the time were in a school that, you know, there was a wait list and all that kind of stuff. And so the first thing we did was tell them we were leaving. It was, it was kind of one of those burning bridges moments. Like once you're out, it's hard to get back in. And so I knew that that was, it was happening. And I think, you know, really one thing I've learned is that a decision is, is just a decision. That's it. It's, it's a yes or a no. What we make that decision mean is completely made up in our heads. But it's a yes or a no. And so I guess in that moment, I was, it's a yes. And so that's when we decided to go. So, and, and then it just, it just unfolded. We moved, gosh, it must have been four months later. Yeah, I mean, look, we didn't, we didn't really have a plan. Like the kids had to go into French school. They didn't speak a word of French. Um, it was challenging. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we just kind of found our way. But I always knew as well, like I felt that this was, it was a stepping stone to something else, but I had no idea what. And the, just the sense that I had, the feeling I had was that, okay, you know, once you step out of your normal, that becomes your new normal. And then I knew that actually making decisions in the future, whether we stayed in Chamonix or not, would just be easier. And that decision, it, it was a timing thing. It, it was pretty easy. I think the main thing is I don't overthink these things. That's really probably the key. And then after three years in Chamonix, three and, three and a half years, loved it had an amazing time like it's my soul home for sure discovered that Zach my child was a really good skier um, which we would never have known so he he joined the British Ski Race Academy you know he trained moved to Italy for a season like age 12 you know come home at weekends and just so much stuff opened up for us um and then it was education that, that really moved us to the next thing because we ran out of options for high school. There was, it was either go back in the French system or there wasn't anything. And education's a, important to me in terms of the type of the French. Okay. The French education system isn't my thing <laughs> or the kids' thing, shall we say. Um, so I knew, I knew that we, there was another adventure around the corner, but... I had no idea where that was going to be. It didn't make sense because we loved Germany. Absolutely loved it. But there was something in me saying, we got to go. We're going to go and find the next thing. And it wasn't a we're chasing the next best thing. It's, it's not like that. It's just listening. It's listening without being afraid of listening. What's being said from within. So that led us to... I mean, it sounds like I can completely control my family here. I don't. They have their own opinions as well. But um, I do tend to have a bit of a sway. <laughs> and, uh, and so end of July, we just let go the, the rent of our chalet. We, I, I didn't even know where we were going the week after. I mean, I genuinely had, I didn't know. And as it happened, we ended up staying in Chamonix for another 
six weeks or so because um, I was running a retreat there and because I planned it particularly, it just was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we had to move out and didn't know where we were going. But it just unfolded. And then we, we just bought tickets to Australia to visit. Um, I bought them the week before to go and visit Babs's brother and then my husband's brother. And then I knew about the green school in Bali. That's what I was interested in. Um, but I didn't think I could live in Bali. I'd been 20 years ago and didn't particularly like it. But again, it was, no, just go, go have a look. And I think probably the minute I landed, I knew. And here we are. I just love this story. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing technical behind it. <laughs> no, there's no, nothing te- no technicality. But I just love the fact that you're open to really listening. And, you know, it's so interesting, right? Because... I I so resonate with this story because for me, it's been very similar. Mm -hmm. I left the UK, ooh, about five years ago now. And I knew that I needed to go somewhere. I wasn't quite sure at the time I got married. And um, my husband at the time, he had a business and a a partnership and and an office and all of this stuff. And I (laughs) went to Bali for a week. He was doing some work for Christopher Howard. And I got off the plane and I said to him, we're going to live here. It just felt so strong. It was like, I'm coming to live here, whether you're coming or not, I'm going. Mm. So I spent the kind of week kind of, you know, planting seeds in his, in his, in his head. And he wasn't quite sure. And then I did like, a, I, was, I decided to do a little meditation course. And I was sitting there in meditation one morning. And the vision was very clear. I even got the date. It was January 2014. But at the time, I didn't know that it was actually going to be, you know, I thought I was going to be running retreats for women out there. So anyway, I walked down the stairs after having it had that meditation. My ex-husband walked down the stairs after having that meditation. And he said to me, let's do it. Hmm. So, yeah. That was August. In November, in December, in, yeah, in December, we started packing everything up. And in January, we were there. Five days later, we conceived, and in October, I had a baby. But what was really interesting about this is that we'd had, we'd been attempting to have one, a baby for about two years. So it was fascinating to me because about six weeks in, I'm like, I feel like I need to go on retreat. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> you know, I was like, no, bugger the ladies. I feel like I need to go on retreat. And that's when I realized I was pregnant. And you know, we were only there for 14 months and then we came back and then my ex was like, well, where do we go to next? And it was just so fascinating how things work because I was like, well, I want to go to Spain because I want my son to be bilingual. I'm half Spanish myself anyway. And I, and I love Spain and I love what it gives and you can just live so well here. And, but I didn't know where I, I kind of had an idea that I wanted to live not in a big city community, uh, but I didn't really know where. And, and then I was kind of like, well, actually I'm really drawn to Valencia for some reason. I didn't know why. So I started Googling and I was like, oh, this place Javier kept coming up. And that Javier has this amazing mountain just overlooking the ocean and it looks like a volcano. So of course that was very pertinent where, to where we'd been living at the time in Bali because there, there are so many. And I was like, oh, this place looks amazing. Can we go and check it out? I did a little bit of research and I found that it had a great community of people. It was right by the beach, also mountains you could climb, places you could walk, tracks you could bike. I thought, this is is wonderful. So we came to do a recce at the time. And, you know, (laughs) I got off the plane. I'm like, well, I got it to have him. I'm like, I've been here before. And, oh, my goodness, it all came back to me. So about... Four years previously, I'd visited the place with an ex-boyfriend of mine. And um, I remember thinking to myself, this is somewhere I could really live. And I could really see myself being here. And I'd totally forgotten. I I mean, I hadn't even registered it was the same place until I came back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I did. Ooh, yeah. yeah, guided, completely guided. And what occurs to me as we're, we're speaking, Jenny, is that didn't always used to be the way, right? Mm, so, me neither. Yeah. 
So I'm curious about that because maybe there are listeners and women, you know, on, on who are listening to this podcast that they'd be like, great, that, that's great for you. You're being guided. What about me? <laughs> Yeah. I want to be uh, that's what I would be thinking. Like, how do I how do I get guided? I want to be guided because guided seems like so effortless. It seems like so joyful. It seems like ease as opposed to the struggle and overwhelm and stress that so many of us experience. So I'd I'd really really get curious about that. What changed for you? So what changed for me? Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. Definitely not always been the way. No. Um, I mean, my husband just laughs at me now. He's like, "What happened to you?" <laughs> because I used to be. I mean, I mean, I did. You know, I was guided in a way before in terms of you know. I but consciously I guided, I think. But, I think probably. But yeah, what we're talking about here. Right? Um, but I remember. I remember having. I guess about ten years ago. Well, how old was that? 12 years ago, my God, 12 years ago, I was the person, the woman, the wife, <laughs> the, that was constantly in, oh, I haven't got any time, I haven't got any money, I haven't got any, we can't do this, we can't do that. Like I was so contracted and, you know, my husband was kind of opposite. He was just like, oh, come on, we'll work it out. And I just thought he was crazy. Like, I mean, it's, it's part of why I loved him, but, but I also thought, he was completely irresponsible. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget the day we just moved into our, our place in, in Sussex in England and just a, this beautiful, beautiful place. And it was a big deal. We'd taken on this, this mortgage um, and he was running a business in London. Um, and I remember it, it's like an old manor house. It's, it's, Split into apartments, and I remember walking down this beautiful long drive about a week after we'd moved in, and so we just moved into this this manor house that was was apartments. It was beautiful. I was just like, oh my god, how did we get here? It was amazing. And we took this walk down the driveway, and he got a phone call, and he came off the phone, and he was just wiped. Which, given he's half Indian, it's kind of you know. <laughs> Challenging, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I said, "Oh my god!" And basically, that one phone call was—he he ran a marketing agency in London, and that one phone call was a client officially defaulting on a big payment, which meant he was out of business. And so here we did—we had the mortgage. Um, I was just—was uh, I pregnant? No, I wasn't pregnant. I was. We were trying. And of course, I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? The world's going to collapse. Just, you know, it went totally into that space. And then, you know, a few weeks later, he's like, well, we should just go out to Australia for six weeks or so. Because I was, I, um, I must have been a maternal, I can't remember the details. But anyway, because his brother was there and he's like, well, we might, why don't we just go and give ourselves a break? And I said, are you freaking crazy? like your business has just collapsed what are you talking about <laughs> and um anyway he did persuade me and we went and it was just the spaciousness like getting out of the our heads or my head his head was all right getting out of my head that that i realized that the world didn't end i was okay even though there was this financial stress and everything else um we could still follow what it is that we actually really wanted to do. So little by little, I, I started, I mean, and then I got into coaching and stuff. So I, you know, I, I, I was in training, shall we say. I would say the thing that really switched for me was a series of small and big decisions time and time again, just to follow actually my desire. What was the desire for me? What was the desire for our family? And that could be, you know, the smallest thing. It could be the biggest thing. Leaving for Australia at that point felt massive. But I realized the world didn't end. And I was like, oh, okay. So we did it again next year. And then the year after, and then the year after. And then it became like a thing. We just did it every year. I also did a lot of mindset work. It helps. Whether that, it, yeah, it does help. And 
I caveat that by saying it can also add to the stress and the busyness of life with the list of 103 things you're supposed to do to keep yourself in a good place. Oh, yeah, you know, that sort of mindset work. Okay, yeah, yeah, totally get it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally get it. All the, all the, the adding model as opposed to the subtractive model, which actually is far yes. easier to, to, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. No, you don't, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but, to, you know, it, and it sounds like it all clicked into place really easily. It's, you know, it's been since... 2009 that I've really been in personal development work so there's some time there there's definitely some time (laughs) and and I think it's just building it up like over time one decision after another decision after another decision after another decision where I didn't know where it was going to take me and I think probably the biggest thing that I've learned in terms of being is to be okay in the land of I don't know like I don't know I didn't know where we were going to end up after we left Chamonix. I didn't know what we were going to do about the kids' education. I didn't know where my business was heading. I didn't know how we were going to manage Morocco because we've been building a a hotel and stuff over there. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. (laughs) Super curious. Yeah, that was a big I don't know. But I, I guess I've been okay with not knowing. And I think that that most people get caught up in wanting to know exactly how and what and what it's going to look like before they make a decision. And I don't, I just don't do that anymore. I just decide and I'm okay with not knowing, knowing that at some point I will know, but I don't know in that moment. And therefore I'm less in my head about it. I don't have to create all this stress and worry and trying to work it all out because I just say to myself, do I know the answer right now? No. Okay. I don't know the answer right now, and I will. So for somebody, yeah. The way the the noise. So for someone that is in the noise and is busy, is stressed, is overwhelmed, is finding it hard to listen and is finding it hard to really trust the unknown, because this is what we're really talking about is being in the Mm. unknown and being totally okay with it. I've got one of my workshops where I get them to dance and a metaphor for that is that they have to get up and dance in the middle of the room to no music, just to see. And it's amazing what happens because the amount of head noise that comes in just before I tell them what they've got to do and it's just something, I can't do that. What do you mean I can't do that? <laughs> you can actually hear it, right? They don't need to oh, yeah. it, you can hear it. And then they get up and, and they let go and they are in the moment and Afterwards, I said, well, was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? And they said, oh, we had just such an amazing time. Mm. So I'm curious about that. Like, because obviously you work with people in this capacity. I'm curious as to if someone's listening who's finding it really hard to be okay in the unknown, what comes up for you? I mean, obviously there is no technique or tool, but what would you love to share Um, with them? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, what's been really powerful has been like really just to look, I like to keep things super simple. (laughs) So, (laughs) and the less work I have to do, the better. So, really, the thing that that really clicked in for me was when I got a deeper understanding, literally, of how we as human beings work. And in its very simplest, you know, explanation and you know is is that we as human beings we think (laughs) and we're only ever experiencing our thinking yeah and that sounds (laughs) once you get in when you really get that it's like we spend our life thinking that world the world's the life's happening to us and it's not ever Stuff is happening, but we're only ever experiencing what we're thinking about what's happening. And therefore, you're only really scared of your own thinking. And so for me, I've become a, like an observer of my thinking, not, not in a trying to control it, because quite frankly, that's exhausting. It's like, I must think positive. <laughs> it's like, God, I mean, we're human, right? <laughs> that's just, you know, exhausting. I'm trying to do that all the time. But for me, when I you know, when I have stressful periods, which I do, and, you know, stuff, stuff comes up. I mean, you know, if I think about it, this last 
six, seven months alone, I've, you know, I've left a country. I've not known where we're going as a family. I've moved a country. I've completely changed their education. I've had two dear people to me die my age, tragically different circumstances. I've had two people struck by lightning right in front of me on the beach in Bali. We've had some... I know. We've had some like financial stuff going on with Morocco that is like intense. And yet I'm probably being the calmest I've ever been. And all that is going on. So I know for a fact that it is stuff can come at you. But if you really get into this understanding, you get to recognize that, that it's my thinking about what's happening that's generating my experience. And it doesn't mean it, it doesn't, happen like I don't yeah I get into the drama of it of course I do but the speed of recognition of like oh so when the lightning happens let's go for the most dramatic I was sitting <laughs> Bali right it's, this stuff happens I was sitting on a sun lounge with my daughter Lita and Zach my son and husband were surfing right in front of me down at Old Man's and um and it was rumbling a little bit and just out of nowhere this lightning just struck two surfers standing on the shore right in front of us and yeah they were they were killed so instinct like grabbed my daughter take her into the the restaurant and the next couple of days i was i was in that fear-based thinking i was like oh my god what have i done where have i brought my family like i'm so irresponsible retreat 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 go back to the uk like the, just the what i was making it mean just went crazy but because i've got this understanding at the same time the craziness was going on I was observing it as well. I was like, hmm, interesting, Jen. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I couldn't get out of it. So I'm not saying I'm kind of some Zen monk, but I was, I recognized that's what was happening. But what I also knew was that it would pass because our thoughts are so transient and they always pass. About four days later, I'm on a scooter going through the paddy fields on my way to yoga and a total eat, pray, love moment going, oh, <gasps> you <laughs> it's like like our thinking transitions all the time and therefore our feelings transition all the time and therefore our experience of life transitions all the time and so it, it's knowing that it's not real it's all made up like our thinking is we create that so our experience of life so if someone is sitting there like super busy and very stressed out and, and it's their job and there's this and there's this and there's this like Yes, that exists. And it's your thinking about it. It sounds so simple. And just when I first heard that, I was like, yeah. And I, I swear to God, I work with people on this all the time. I work with super high performers that are just doing the most ridiculous things in the world that I don't even understand, <laughs> who are, you know, running billion dollar companies. And they're, and then they, you know, they've been working and they come back and say, I don't know what nothing's changed. Like I'm still as busy, but I'm super calm. And it's because they've got less on their mind because they're recognizing they don't have to attach energy to every single thought they're having. I'm just really enjoying the feeling I'm in right now. <laughs> and that's, that's what this work is. It is about being in the feeling of the right now. You know, I had an experience this week where I run a 12-month mastermind um, and there's two retreats within it. I'm about to, to do the second retreat of a, one of the groups. And I'm supposed to be starting a, a, a new retreat, um, a new group. It was in two weeks' time. And I just pulled it. I pulled it last week because it wasn't flowing. Like, people were in and they were out. And it was da 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 And it was, you know, and I could feel myself starting to to stress about it. And, I was, and it was like, well, why don't I just get in the reality of this? The reality is I'm attached to a date. What if I just move the date? And as soon as I made that decision, it was like, ah, oh, just everything opened up again. And it was uncomfortable. Like I had some people from the States that had booked the flights to come over to Morocco. Like it wasn't a comfortable thing to do. And yet it didn't feel right. I, it just didn't feel like it was, it, it, it just wasn't flowing. It wasn't easy. 
and I've learned to listen to that. And so there's, you know, there's the, the recognizing that, you know, about what you're thinking, not even the content of your thinking. It's not about what you're thinking. It's just remembering <laughs> that you're just thinking. You know, it's, it's the relationship to your thinking. And then it's also, for me, there's a big piece around surrender and trust and knowing that I am supported because I am, I mean, this is the thing I find funny about because um, I've done it for years, like find the next guru and it's like, you're your, you're your own guru. Like every bit of wisdom that you need is right inside you, but we don't slow down enough to listen to that. And so my wisdom was telling me that actually this date just isn't working for people. And as soon as I got out of the way about my thinking of what that meant of like, oh my God, I've failed. I haven't filled my retreat. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. People put their flies. I'm going to let everyone down. Oh my God. As soon as I just was like, oh, <laughs> there goes that train of thought. Like, this, you know, that, that I'm on the train, I'm on the train, that, right? That, that an analogy, like a train of thought, the attachment to that thinking, that's what was stressing me out. Not moving a retreat from one day to another. And so for those people that are super busy, super stressed, like I get it, that's life. And if you can just take anything away from this, it's just, just let that wash over you that you're just experiencing your thinking and it's completely normal, but it's all it is. What I really heard in what you said is, is there's, there are kind of like two voices in a way. There's the one that, that is our wisdom some people call it gut instinct or something. I mean, I don't know about you, but I hear a voice usually. Others just get a feeling. It's just expressed in different ways. Mine's very clear. It's like a voice that just, and it's trusting and slowing down, I think, in a way. Like, you know, these last couple of months I've, I've been, I was in January, I was really kind of at a point where I was like, coaching thing isn't working. What am I doing? I spent all this time in, in this place of be, doing and takes me away from people I really care about. So what the hell am I doing with my life? So I had to take a step back for a moment and go, right, time to reflect, time to look at what it is I really want from my life right now. And what I realized I wanted was to challenge myself to not do for a while. It was, it was bloody challenging. And, and yet I knew it was what I needed to do in order for me to break this addiction of, of busyness because mm. it was such an ingrained habit for me to go, right, nine to five, nine to five, nine to five. I'm in front of my computer. I'm doing something. As opposed to going, <laughs> bollocks, I don't need to do that, actually. Uh, I can just watch my favorite TV show or go for a walk or actually spend time with my partner. Yeah, spending time with my partner, going to the market, you know, and, and laughing and, and those simple things and yet so distracted with this ingrained mm. thinking of I've got to be doing something to fill the void because somehow I won't be enough if I don't. And, and what I've really, really noticed is that my projections on others that aren't achieving have completely disappeared. <laughs> really funny. I used to be like, but you're not achieving anything in the world, you know? And it, it's just like crazy talk. So what if you're not? It doesn't matter. Are you enjoying your life? Really? That's yeah. begs the question. What, what's achievement, right? Like what is achievement? I don't know. What is it? Well, I mean, it, I think we're very conditioned to believe it's all around kind of financial and status and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I guess I, I'm in a place now of just such overwhelming gratitude for my life, for my day-to-day, -day, my... I mean, I, th I, th I think my perspective changed a lot. My mum my died about gosh, it's a year and a half ago now. I can't even believe it. Um, we were really, really close and she had cancer. And I, I had two, I had those two years with her before she died in terms of us knowing. And watching someone, you know, you love that much, knowing that time is so short 
I mean, she was so graceful in it all, but I learned so much from her in terms of just living life, like perspective of what is important, what's not important. She was such an inspiration. She was actually at AFEST that time in Costa Rica. Oh, she was? <laughs> yeah, oh. she came to AFEST. But in particular, her last two weeks, like we knew, we knew she, was, she was going. She just became so centered and so in her power and just asked for what she wanted. She became kind of this wisdom guru. <laughs> like my friends were lying up to, lining up to say, what do I do about this? What do I do about this? <laughs> and she just said to me, Jen, she said, just don't wait to do whatever makes you feel good. Like she, she was having massages at this stage and reflexology and she said god i can't believe i waited 70 years to be okay with treating myself to a massage i think i just saw like what happens at the end when the the the, the unnecessary noise like the clarity she had was so pure like all the thinking had left the worry the stress the what about this and i, I just saw a woman at, at real peace but so strong and so in her power. And I, I think ever since then as well, like my consciousness just went, <laughs> like what it is to be alive is such a freaking gift every day. Such a cliche and it's so true. So why is it so hard for us just to enjoy it? Like the way I see it now is so different to how I used to in the I thought life was about achieving and striving and making something of yourself and having an impact. And now what I see is, is it's actually just enjoying, enjoying it. Mm. Just, just. I agree. I agree. You know, yeah. people say to me, oh, um, I need to find my purpose. I just think that's a classic question. I'm like, what, is it over there somewhere? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Go find it. <laughs> you know, no, I'm slightly joking there, but. You know, to me, it's not, I, I think a better use of language is, is not follow your purpose, it's follow your inspiration. Like follow your inspired thinking. Follow your inspired, your inspiration from within. Because I genuinely believe that we're, we're this is my theory, right? <laughs> is that we, we come down into this physical body and, and, you know, as spirit, we're kind of going, seeing this, incredible playground of experience and the duality of emotion of of love and hate anger and joy and just all those those things that you get to experience as a human being and i honestly think like that we, we come down to come experience all of that <clears throat> and and just you know be in our joy with a mission just to remember who we are or what we are which is this infinite energy, this kind of creative source, this like infinite potential from, you know, from where we come from. And it's like, to me, purpose is to experience life. That's it. The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever you want to call it, all of it. Exactly. All of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. And, and those moments when you're drinking the wine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, but, and not judging it because that's why we're here is, yeah. is to experience the, if we were pure love and, you know, unconditional love and, you know, which some theories are, that's, that's what we go back to and what we come from. You don't know what that is. When you experience one thing, you don't, it's like if you live in the sunshine all your life, you don't know what snow feels like. And so it's okay to have this, you know, the emotions of being a human being. But underneath all that, it's knowing that, that you're okay. You're just having a human experience. That's it. It's just your thinking. Yeah, it's so useful to know that. And we need thought, right, in order for us to experience this life. So it's not something... It creates our life. Yeah. It's a gift. Because we can't actually experience life without it. We can't experience the senses without it. The senses are all through gift of thought and I guess it's such a wonderful thing to just sort of remember and acknowledge that how we've been created is so perfect in a way like just exactly mind blowingly who who did this right <laughs> I mean who I mean just what? that gift yeah. of thinking that gift of creation that's what we do every single day and we get to choose how we create that 
and then we experience what we create. But that's it. That's our experience of life. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> and so everything else, it's not even about fixing our thinking. It's not even about that. It's just realizing that you're just having yeah. a thought and it'll pass. You know, it's like, it's like when a, um, you know, an actor in a, in a movie forgets they're the actor, they're in the movie and they become part of it. Or when you're watching a movie and you, and you, you get so sucked into it. The reason we can watch the horror movies, well, I can't, but some people, is because they know they're just watching a movie. They know, you know, we know movies aren't real, but we can get fully in the emotion of it and we can cry and we can laugh and that's all good, but we know it's just a movie. And it's the same with us as human beings. We've created this movie and we just get sucked into it and we think it's real. It's not, it's not real. Yeah, when you were talking about that, that how the actor becomes the, the person that they're enacting, have you seen Jim Carrey's Andy and Me? I think it's called Andy and Me. He becomes Andy Kaufman, this um, oh, offset no. as well. Really worth a see um, because his whole insight around it was, oh, when I went back to Jim Carrey, I suddenly developed all of my own problems again. So when he was actually being Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey disappeared. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's it. That is it. That's such a good analogy. I mean, that, that is what happens. So we're in, we're in a, you know, someone's in a super stressful job and a, you know, stressful relationship. They think it's, it, it sounds so hard to hear this when you're in it. And really trite, right? But it's not. Right? It, it really isn't though. Like, but, and this isn't just true for me and you who's been able to, you know, travel and all that stuff. It, this is every single human being that we're talking about. Every human being thinks, every human being experiences their thinking. And every single human being is born with innate well-being. We're okay. With this source energy that's perfect. So that it's all right for you piece kind of loses its legs a little bit because we're all. See, I told you all, so. <laughs> right? We're all the same. Like we're all the same. <laughs> all the same. Just all of us having a different experience of life, which can change in an instant because thoughts are transient. And when you quieten your, like, you get out of the, when you, when you realize this, what happens is that you, you kind of give less energy. So the reason I was sort of able to move on quickly from the lightning thing, and even my mum dying, was because I didn't, because of this awareness, I, I didn't have to attach all my energy to every thought that was coming in. Like, I know I've got a choice. I mean, I still obviously grieved and, and you know, all the, the normal stuff. But I just had less thinking about it, which, which opens up more space. And when you've got more space, there's, there's room for a new thought to come through. And one new thought can change your experience of life. And your direction. So I was, remember I was talking to you about my major tantrums I was having in January <laughs> about the business, oh, this isn't going right. Mm. Anyway, I was having a chat um, with a friend and I'm, he said, Marina, stop wanting to figure it all out. And I'm like, I'm not trying to figure it all out, but I just want to know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone by figuring out, but pretending not to, right? And in that moment, what I heard was just have conversations, not clients. And of course, I was mm. walking around going, what? I'm supposed to go in a coffee shop and have conversations? And then the podcast idea came to me. And I'm like, oh, well, that's having conversations. That's kind of cool. I kind of like the idea because one of the things I really wanted to live, to fill my life with was cool conversations with people that I really care about and who inspire me and who I, and I want to share their wisdom with the world and support them in doing so. And, but what was really interesting about this, Jenny, is I walked around with so much insecurity about supporting others for so bloody long because I saw them as competition. Yeah, that's good thinking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. Which was stopping me from really creating. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't meant to see it before that moment because all of that insecure thinking just went away. Yeah. 
and it doesn't exist anymore. And I can tell you, it's so bloody freeing that I can now walk around not seeing others as competition because it would literally, it would, it would attack my, my gut. I could feel it and it would kind of percolate up to, the, to my throat and I wouldn't be able to like speak, but it's not there anymore. And the fact so is... What, for you, so what was the, what do you think the shift was? I don't even, I can't even remember having a new thought come in around that competition side because I surprised myself at that. But I think possibly acknowledging what I'm really good at because I was fumbling around for so long going, what is my gift? What is my, in search of what I'm really good at? Yeah, sort of the purpose. It's out there somewhere. I need to go and look over there somewhere underneath the cushions or whatever. And it was just an unfolding. It was a bit like, the podcast idea came in. And then as I started to think about all the people that I would love to interview, I suddenly started to realize that a huge amount of value that I was sitting on was my network. I just know a lot of people. And I thought, who've got some really awesome stories to share. And so the competitions thing just didn't seem important anymore. So somewhere in there, and I've often found that I surprise myself at times because I don't, I don't even remember the insight. I don't even remember even if I had an insight about competition. I just don't feel that anymore. It's not that. It sounds like you, you had a new thought, like the yeah. podcast was a new thought. That was an inspired thought, right? Yeah. And that, that actually just took care of the rest. <laughs> took care of the rest, right? And, and this is why we don't actually have to do years of Okay, I'm going to carry out this again because there's trauma and there's what have you. But the years of like healing and um, therapy and all these kind of things that we're trying to shift, it's like, well, actually, if we're just creating enough space for a new thought, a new thought can be super powerful. Yeah, it can because you don't know how much is hanging on to that thought, that one new thought, and how much of it, how much of your insecure thinking is actually going to be impacted by it. Because I didn't realize that. I had no. I'm walking in a whole new different reality than I was just even like, you know, six weeks ago. And I could walk into a whole new different reality tomorrow or in five minutes time or by you saying something and me going, what? And then just seeing it completely differently. Yeah. I remember listening to someone talking about this and them saying, you know, you open a door and you walk into this beautiful room and you're like, wow, this is an amazing room I'm in. And you've got all of your favorite stuff in it. And you see another door and you, and you open that door and you walk into another room and you're like, oh my God, it's even more beautiful than the door before. And then you see another door and, and, and there you open these new doors into a new reality. And you're like, wow, life just got even more beautiful. How can it even get more beautiful? And it just keeps on getting yeah. more yeah. beautiful. And it's like, wow, wow. How did I used to function? Because literally... You know, and it's not that I don't get stressed and overwhelmed and all this sort of stuff, but it's, as you said, it's literally, I don't spend much time in it anymore. No. And I, th I think it's, there's a willingness as well. Like there's a willingness to be open. Like, I think when you're so busy and you, you know, you think about just <laughs> like this, like there is no room for new thinking. And so there's a willingness to, you know, like you were willing to, even though it's completely counterintuitive, you were willing just to step back, force yourself to do some non-doing time, right? And just to, to be. But what, that ha what happened is it's created space for new thought. And so it's that term like slowing down to speed up. Yeah. And I guess this is where your work talks about quantum leaps, doesn't it? Because yeah. it's really about new thought isn't linear it's not it's not it is not linear that's that is exactly what it is it's a new thought can complete i mean if i if i think about the the thought around okay you know standing on the lake oh i could live here the energy is amazing i i didn't have that thought the day before i had that thought then but there was a willingness to to listen to it and go okay, am I willing to do something with that thought? So new thought is available to us all the time and we're probably actually having new thoughts all the time.
but because of the speed at which people are operating, you, you kind of miss it or, or you just don't, don't listen to it or it's, it, it's just kind of batted away. So for me, it's, there's a two step. <laughs> there we go. I have some steps. <laughs> I don't really have steps, but I, there's a, you know, if I was to have steps, there would be firstly just get that understanding that we're only ever experiencing our thinking and that's it. That's as scary as it gets. And there's always, you know, thoughts always transient and new thinking comes along. Am I willing to put energy behind that thinking, that new thought? When I have, I don't know about you, Jenny, but when I have, there's some magic in it. The journey is kind of, it just keeps unfolding. You take one step and then you have another insight. Mm -hmm. You take another step and you have another insight. You take another step and another step and another insight. And, I, you know, when you were talking about gurus, I, I kind of felt like I wanted to go back to that to finish off. I think there isn't anything wrong in it. I think there is a sense that if you're decided, because obviously, you know, you're a coach and you've got clients, right? Because there are different areas where all of us have clarity. So I'm assuming sure. I've seen this, right? Like for someone that's never skied before, even just putting their boot on can be a highly overthinking moment of like, how does I, what, how am I even going to put that on my foot? Like, how does this even, so there's a lot of, uh, yeah. for someone like you or me, just to put the ski boot on is just like, well, we've done it. We've been doing it since we were tiny. Or at least oh, well, I'm 22. <laughs> <laughs> I've had catch up. You've had catch up, must have, wow. Um, but there's no thought around it because we're, we've had our insights about yeah. how to put the boot on and, and how to make the skis work. And now we, it's just innate. Like now we just do it. So often I think that, that it's actually quite useful to have someone come and help you or support you in areas that you maybe not don't have so much clarity in. It's a bit like the training wheels of a, of a bike, I suppose, where you've got the two stabilizers and once you take Mm. them off you're able to ride on your own but I've found that working with mentors and so forth it's been absolutely invaluable however always coming from the place of I have the answers but I can also have some really profound insights by just having a conversation with this person about the subject we're talking about yeah and I would I would agree with that I mean, look, I've had numerous coaches and mentors and what have you, and I wouldn't be sitting where I am today without it. And obviously I'm a coach, so I'm not saying it's not a good idea. But I I guess what I do now with my clients, I mean, I I would say what I do is more pure coaching, whereby I'm really just facilitating that space. Like their wisdom for, you know, how they should be living their life or what they want to do has to come from them. Mm. And I think the reason um, I feel quite strongly about that is that I spent quite a few years, I mean, you know, it's like in the, in the coaching industry, kind of, this is what you do to build your this business and this business and you have to do this and you have to you have this and you have to, you know, all the 50 million things you're supposed to do. And for me, it never felt right. But I didn't know another way and therefore I tried and I tried and I tried and I did the marketing and I did the personal branding and I did the website and I did the Facebook ads and and it just didn't work. And the minute I actually was willing to stop and listen to myself as to how I wanted to do it, that's when it took off. Because I knew, I knew I just wanted to, I, I knew the type of person I wanted to work with. I knew that they weren't out there hanging around Facebook ads because they're out there doing big shit in the world. (laughs) It's like, you know, they really are doing the kind of those kind of people that I've you know my clients they're not on Facebook and yet I still went down you know the, the, the sort of what I was being told by my mentors and so I, I I guess I'm a little bit in answer you know in response to what you said yes and so yes it's incredibly valuable when you need to know how something works but when you need to when it's about your direction and what you want to do it's more about kind of facilitating that facilitating that space for someone to come to that themselves I think yeah totally and you know it's funny how 
this conversation has come on to this and in that I was totally on that sausage factory coaching sausage factory <laughs> machine and have been for a long time until January I was like no I don't want to do that I don't want to do that and I don't want to do that. I definitely don't want to do that don't want to be spending my time doing that don't want to be spending my time doing that all that all that all that all that what do I want to do what do I want to spend my time doing that's the question that came to me and this as to where it will go or what will happen I have no idea but I'm absolutely loving it so and it doesn't matter like you might just have one insight from one of the conversations that then creates your quantum leap yeah (laughs) And, and you know whether that's obvious or not, like you're clearly loving doing it. I love and it. So it's so much fun. You're on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I mean, it's, so, it's... I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm on purpose now. Yeah, there you go. You found your purpose. <laughs> There's a microphone all along. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you know, what is your highest excitement in this moment right now? It's doing the podcast. Yeah, and I don't need to know much more than that. And uh, no. that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Oh, honestly, that's it. That's it, right? That's it. So just to finish off, what are you giving yourself permission to do more of? Well, I mean, Bali, I've, I've never felt so much spaciousness. Like it's, I'm sure you experienced that here as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I think also, you know, the way I'm working now, I just coach. That's it. That I don't market. I don't, you know, it's just have interesting conversations with people. So in terms of like, I have a lot of massages. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of, I'd say I'm just giving myself permission to take care of myself much better. I've always been kind of take care of the family, the kids, like I've, I've always been that person feeling responsible for everyone. And that's something that I'm working on. I'm not, that's my thing responsible for everyone else's happiness and that's something I'm aware of and and really that's what I'm giving myself permission to do now is actually what what do I want that's beautiful. and that can take so many different forms every day yeah it could all be almost be quite like classified as schizophrenia <laughs> no, I know and it's you know but where where that takes you mm. is really interesting like I've you know I've done you know, I've chosen to do something or go to a certain place because I just, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And then I've met someone, had an amazing conversation and it's led to something else or, you know, like the opportunities that are coming my way at the moment, purely because I'm following, I'm on purpose, I'm following my highest excitement because it keeps me in a high vibration. And that's actually when you impact the world. Just got goosebumps all over my body. Yeah. I call it joining the dots. Mm. I call it joining the dots where you meet someone and then that takes you somewhere else and you meet someone else and then you have a conversation and then somebody's name pops up and then you talk to them and and, and it's just this this unfolding that happens right with no with no agenda behind it just just is yeah and and I'd say I have intention so I have clear intention as to how I want to feel what has me feel good. So it's not, it's not like what I want to do. Like, so I don't have a vision of like, I want to be doing X, Y, Z. And I, I don't have that, but I, I know, like, I know how I want to live. I know the sort of people I want to spend my time doing. I know how I want to feel every day. I know that I want to have conversations that just excite the pants off me. I know that I want to have coaching clients. I'd like and, to see that. Uh, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Those pants just go flying. <laughs> Like I know, I just, you know, so I'm very intentional. So it's not all just kind of like, "Mm," you know, let's see what unfolds, but I'm intentional and then I don't get attached to how that has to happen. And my way for that to happen is just to follow what feels exciting or good or blissful or joyful. Yeah, I've got kind of like a a sound I make. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like that. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere along those lines. So, Jenny, oh my God, how amazing. It's been so cool to just finally actually have a really nice 
Actually, that's such a bland word, uh, just to have a beautiful conversation with you. So if anybody's listening, you don't, do you have a website or, or how? Well, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So I, I do. I do have a website. It's, I haven't done anything to it for a little while. Um, it's Jenny at JennyHK.com. Cool. J-E-N-N-I-E. Yeah, but What's hit the me best up on place? Facebook. Yeah, hit me up on Facebook. I, I kind of loiter around. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. That's, that's the best place. Excellent. So thank you so much, Jenny. And um, I'm going to have to ask you about the Moroccan hotel offline now. Just because I'm yes, we're going to have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, I'm, in fact, if anyone does follow me on Facebook, I'm about to go out there and run a retreat next week. So I will be showing some stuff from there. And we're actually just about to open for other people to run retreats there as well. So Amazing. I'm, talking about that as well so you may see that thank you so much jenny my pleasure thank you bye for now and there you have it another wonderful episode of the joy of being if you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful why not subscribe or share the podcast with others and if you're curious as to how you can experience more joy in your life and feel carefree then I invite you to download your Joy Catalyst Scorecard at www.marinapearson.com scorecard, which will help you identify the joy gaps and what you can do to fill them. So until next week's episode, remember, you are the joy you seek.